Hi, welcome to In the Pacha, where I, Sam Reinstein, have conversations with different educators about the weekly Torah portion. For this week's Pacha, Parsha Shoftim, I have Sipora Makla Clapper. Hey, Sipora. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Good. Yeah, I heard, so you mentioned that you had a busy week. Yeah, um, the, so I'm in a summer program, which is Summer Beat Midrash, and our final week we write, so the, the program is we spend six weeks basically studying a halakhic topic, and so the final week we write Shuvos in response to uh, Shaila, that, the dean of the program, who is my father, writes, and so Shuvah writing week is really intense because you have to like write a Shuvah within like a few days, and then my father presents on the last day, so he did that today. And then, so today was just like a lot. He gave Shira for like three hours in his tshuva. Crazy. Uh, and just for those listening, we're talking about Rabbi Arya Clapper, um, who's a huge Talmud Chacham. Um, you can look online for his stuff as well. Um, and and you like, um, so just, I guess, more than that, do you mind introducing yourself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Sipara Mahla. <laughs> um, I guess people probably know me off the internet. Um <laughs> I am occasionally That's a very so prolific person there. That's how Sam yeah. knows me. Yeah. Rabbi Reinstein, uh-huh. sorry. Um, okay. what, do, what do you want me to call you? Sorry. Sam is fine for this. Sorry. I <laughs> Sam is fine okay. for this. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, and I am currently actually a rising senior at the City College of New York, majoring in English literature. And I also um, learn a lot on the side. For two and a half, for my first two and a half years of college, I skyped into a men's year at an all male institution. Um, I did Seder with my husband, and my husband skyped me into that. And I learned Nida and Kashras during that. And currently, I was just at the Summer Beat Drash, which is the best. And I'm happy to explain more about that if you want. Yeah, and- that'd be great. Uh, yeah, so the Summer Beat Midrash is the program run by the Center for Modern Torah Leadership here in Sharon, Massachusetts, by my father, Rabbi Arya Clapper. Um, and like I said, we explore a halakhic topic in depth for six weeks. This summer, we talked about Kibbutz Aim, and a lot of what we were focused on was uh, the Chiyuv of Kibbutz Aim for abusive parents and oh. for parents who are just bad people, even if they're not abusive. So our final question that my father wrote. Um, the Shiloh that he wrote that we were supposed to answer was about a couple who had different relations with their parents. Uh, the woman's uh, father was being McAgain, her mother, and the man's father had committed tax fraud, and he had not spoken to him for 10 years, and now he was getting invited to uh, Suda for him, like a, a, a dinner where they would honor him with a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Shoal. And the question was whether he had to go. His father was doing tax fraud and the question was did he have to go his father wasn't currently doing tax fraud his father had committed tax fraud 10 years ago and been indicted but then gotten off with a fine and he had not spoken to him since then and then his mother had asked him to go to this event wow so uh we all gave very different answers um i'm sure yeah that's hopefully eventually those will be available for the public right right um, um i almost wish kibbutz was in this week's parsha because that would have been an awesome topic. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> um, I mean, there's still so much to talk about here. It's a great yeah, parsha yeah. for everything. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Shoftim has so much. Um, so, so just on that topic. Um, so I'm going to try and do a quick uh, summary of the parsha. Uh, try and do it within 30 seconds or so. I probably will fail because there's a lot going on here. Um, and then, and then we'll go on to talk about two different things. Um, All right. Okay. 
So after going through many of the spiritual commandments last week, Moshe goes through the way society should be should be structured in the land now. Moshe instructs the people to set up a court system with judges and police, and it must be administered with justice, the famous line, justice, justice, you shall pursue. Crimes must have two witnesses to convict and must be investigated intensely to convict. Each generation will have a task of interpreting and applying the law in its own generation. Prohibitive idolatry and sorcery are explained. Laws for the kind, um, guidelines for the cities of refuge, and rules of who must go to war are laid out. Before Israel attacks a city, it must first offer peace, and it must not destroy any property of value for no reason, um, specifically trees. The portion ends with the laws of Egla Rufa, a ceremony for when a person is found dead in between cities where leaders must take responsibility for not pre preventing the loss of life. There's a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I'm just curious, um, you know, because so there's, there's so much so much to look at here. Um, I'm curious what caught your eye. Uh, so I was really interested in the concept of the responsibility of Jewish leadership, which I think is a really big theme in this Parsha. Um, and also a Mishpatim, which is another one of my favorite Parshios. So I was looking at the Midrash Tanchuma on this Parsha a little bit. I've been doing that every week this year. And um, nothing been... Um, so actually, uh, the Tanchuma and Shoftim and the Tanchuma and Mishpatim have parallel but like very different things to say, which I found really interesting. Um, so the, the... On which topics? So on this particular topic, it's about like going to Jewish judges versus non-Jewish judges. So they okay. they they have very different questions that they're responding to. Right, right. Um, so the mishpatim like open has uh, I think it's fairly early in the Tanchuma mishpatim. Um, it says like how do we know like the Tanchuma always has this like how do we know this halacha sort of format. Right. Um, so how do we know that you're not allowed to go to a non-Jewish judge over a Jewish judge, even if they'll judge you using halacha? Oh, and okay. they quote Sukkim about that, and they they say, and they talk about how our laws are stricter, but that's because, like, you know, um, we're going to live and whatever. It's a, it's a whole thing. But the Tanchuma and Shoftim opens with a very different question, which is really interesting because it's not actually the halacha, I think. Uh, which says, how do we know that it's that it's usher for um, a Jewish litigant and a non-Jewish litigant who have business together to go to a non to go to our, for the Jewish person to say to the non-Jewish person that they want to go to a secular court, hmm. which okay. is like a very different question. But there yeah. in the Tanchumat Shoftim here, it seems to be very much about the idea that a Jewish court will give better justice. That. Hmm. Um, we require we, we have higher standards. We require two witnesses. We require like, you know, twenty three judges for a capital case and three judges for a financial case. Things like that. Right. Interesting. So, and the assumption there, you like, what do you think the assumption is there? Is that just that um, because of all these laws, like, um, it therefore will be a higher um, rate of of getting to the real fact, or just a higher um, like a higher, a lower conviction rate, like which, um, like, what do you think is going on there? Um, I think the idea is that our justice is more likely to lead to a like more just outcome. Um, specifically it quotes the famous, uh, 
Mishnah in Sanhedrin where Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai gets his name, uh, where he asks the witnesses who in a more in like a capital case about the um, development of the um, fig stems. Okay. And they contradict each other because who on earth remembers the development of the fig stems and the fig tree that happened to be near what you were observing while you were witnessing? Right. Um, so they, they specifically quote that. And I think it's like, like we have a very strong bias against capital punishment. And I think that's like partly what it's going for. Interesting. Cool. Um, so like, what do you, what, what were you thinking in terms of, um, in terms of specifically this Midrash? Um, I assume it's based on like a lot of different things in this week's Parsha. Um, how does that relate to like the responsibility of leadership? So, and with regard to, to um, responsibility, I was thinking a lot about um, Mishpatim. There's a bunch of different stories, which are about like, there's, there's one in particular that I, that I was like very struck by, which is um, there's um, Rabbi Ami, I think Rabbi Ami is like crying when he's like old because he's very concerned like maybe and they say like what's the problem you had all these students you lived a good life you did all these great things and he said yes exactly but i did all these things and i learned all this torah and i didn't serve as a as like a judge for like cases that the jewish people needed me for and maybe for that i'll be judged um and i think like that like implies that like it's not just that like our legal system is supposed to be like as just as possible it's also that it's supposed to be just and it's supposed to be on the part of the judges some sort of like active service that you have to do if you learn enough torah this is a thing that you're required to give back mm. so almost as a it's it's a it's more than a job and like an honor it's it's less of an honor and more of like a public service yeah i think um i was really struck by that um, yeah. And that the, the Tanchuma this week actually like has the whole thing about like Moshe didn't even have to set up a Sanhedrin and he set up a Sanhedrin and um, all the more so we we have this mitzvah to set up a Sanhedrin and we should do it. Um, yeah, so it made me think a lot about the fact that we have uh, in fact made no effort to do so, <laughs> no real effort. Right, right. Um, like yeah. in nowadays, you mean? Yeah, I mean like people have tried. Like there have been like, I mean, the most famous attempt is the one that in the one, I think in like the 16th century, maybe the one that involved Rosy of Caro, there's like letters about it in the Mishnah Lamelech, I think, um, where the person they were trying to give speech to was like, um, uh, even if I thought this worked, you need all of the great rabbis in Eretz Yisrael to agree to this. And I'm one of them. And I say no, which I thought was great. Right. I mean, also it's just like one person saying no, you know, I, you can't even get, uh, you know, two Jews, three opinions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, that, that seems impossible, but, <laughs> um, yeah. but I, but I feel like um, this idea of that responsibility that like, like, I don't know. I just feel like, especially now, but I would always imagine that the reason people go into these type of leadership roles is because they're very powerful. You know, they're very powerful. They're very strong. Um, they're very honorable, right? The honorable judge. Uh, and um, this view of, of being a judge is very different. Yeah. I mean, I think I wanted to compare it in some ways to, um, I think like, like 
in in the like you know like more lumdish sort of world there's this kind of dis- disdain for pastoral rabbis um and i i wanted to sort of connect it to that that i think that like people who just like want to learn all the time can, like can look down on the people who spend their time like dealing with the disputes like the tonkomastic parsha says you should have team dream right what's the difference you should have team and show dream Shoftim are the Dayanim. They're the people who actually decide the cases. And Shoftim are the people who are like Parnasim al Tzibor. They're like the people who are actually in charge. Parnasim Shem and Higin al Ha'eda. And they're necessary too, because otherwise, how do you get anybody to actually like carry out what the, you know, court said? Right. So I think like, like that's, that's like a really important component of Halacha is the pastoral component where you like, you know, actually talk to people and make sure that they're okay and, you know, make it make it a lot easier for them to keep halacha and live Jewish lives, etc. Right. Oh, interesting. So it's like almost like the the judge and the police officer, although I would hate to see a rabbi, like think of a rabbi <laughs> as like a police officer. But, but I was specifically I not translating showtroom because of that, because I think yeah, it has yeah. like a very, yeah. It has a much more negative connotation. Um, but, but like, it's more like the person create um like helping create the rules like in a in like on well, like in a, an ivory tower almost versus the person yeah. that's actually out with the people yeah so like the the parnasim are like like they're supposed to be telling me they right they're they get alios like they're like one of the people who get precedence at alios because right. they're telling me who are like you know appointed over the seaboard so um like they're they're supposed to be like you know learned people who like really know what they're doing they're not just like you know enforcers of the law they're also like you know part of it so i don't think they're police officers but like maybe they're like i don't know legal consultants or something interesting it's almost like they're the like the personal lawyers type thing yeah. um. I guess. But, yeah. No, but I think you're, I think you're, it's not like a direct parallel, but it's certainly a parallel of like the person in the ivory tower versus the person that's actually with the people. Right. And yeah. that's like a clear kind of similarity to the like politician and police, like, like the police at least are supposed to like be with the people and help the people. And unfortunately that isn't how it always functions. Um, but at least like that. Well, I don't like. I think I don't like the metaphor of policing. Yeah. Um. I mean, I know that the metaphor of policing, as I was using it in the as, as the Tanchuma uses it here, is also about coercive power. But I think, like specifically for the pastoral function, it's it's like not yeah. that. And I'm not it's sure that, not that like, like I think like like Shotrim are the people who like you know go talk to people into doing things more than the people who necessarily force them. Like it's not right. described necessarily that way here. Right. But and I I, I feel like on some level like. I, our community, although this this idea is probably impossible to actually facilitate, but I think in theory, like a community would be so well off if the job of the, if there was a job of just helping people follow the rules, you know, like so frequently, like the police is there to enforce it when it's not being done. Mm. But imagine if there was like a, preventative care right i think that's on some level what we're doing like that's part of what like there's 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 legislation like during clinton's presidency i think which was supposed to make the writing on legal documents just a lot easier to decipher it like legally requires them to like be more federal documents be more legible right um and I, i think that's like the kind of legislation that like we really need just to make things understood 
which is often like tax law, right? Tax law changes every single year in ways that are like almost impossible to keep up with. Right. I, I, I'm an actuary during the week and, uh, like we actually had a seminar on this this week about uh, like how complicated just like the fine print and insurance policies are. And a lot wow. of people don't want to buy them just because like, I don't know what I'm signing off here. And so there's now a push to try and just make it simpler just so people don't have this huge friction point uh, that they don't want to uh, move forward. And I think that's similar here. That's the role of the Shotrim or the rabbis that are actually with the people, just like help people along to make it not so hard, not so impossible. I think that's like partly what Yohat Soda is supposed to be for. And I think that's like really the, like a very valuable function. Right. Just to be a consultant. Yeah. And specifically a consultant that takes away an extra friction point of, you know, just the nervousness sometimes about going to a man to ask a question about Nita. So Mm. it takes away that another one of those. Like even just not for Nita, like I, so I, okay. I, part of what we do at the summer Beit Midrash is um, we get to visit the Beit Din sometimes because my father is a Dayan on the Boston Beit Din. Right. And um, so we went in this summer and we saw something that they did. Uh, I don't know how much detail I'm allowed to give, but they have this like very tall, very scary, imposing desk. And it happened that two of the Dayanim on this case, because it required special expertise, um, they, they both happened to be Chabadics. And so they were both like wearing bekishas and like these hats. And they were just very like old men and they were very intimidating. Right. And there was like this, you know, like couple like wearing like <laughs> people clothes and like yeah. looking like normal people. <laughs> it must. And like they're, they're physically higher too. It's like, right. and like, that's how I imagine like asking a Shiloh to like any rabbi must just like feel all the time. Right. Yeah. Right. So on top of that, I, so it, I guess it depends what type of, uh, what type of, rabbi you're connected with but i'm sure that's true for a lot of people um i some rabbis are more like you know down down on that level as well so it probably Mm -hmm. is not as intimidating but yeah for sure yeah interesting um okay um if is it okay if we transition yeah sure okay um so something that i just um was focusing on is later in the parsha uh when we talk about uh, attacking a city. Um, first, that you have to offer peace, but then there's this rule that you're you're not allowed to destroy any of the any of the trees that are around the city. Um, just specifically in chapter twenty, um, verse nineteen and twenty, um, that you um, you shall not destroy the trees thereof uh, by wielding an axe against them. And I just thought this was really interesting, just because it's not. Um, it's not the vision that I normally have uh, when I hear, you know, somebody attacking a city, like caring about their trees is like, you know, I feel like in my mind, when you loot a city, you just like burn the place down and they're caring about the trees. Um, so I was trying to think about like what the idea is behind that. Uh, like what's the purpose of making sure these trees that are around it are, are like, why is that so important? Uh, so the, the Rambam, uh, has a very practical thing here. And I feel like this is how most people understand it. Uh, it's just that this is our general rule of not destroying stuff that's valuable. Uh, it's just, you know, there are fruit trees that can make fruit and you, you're not supposed to destroy them. And it's the same thing that you're not supposed to destroy, like, things for no reason. You're not supposed to just destroy glasses for no reason or, or whatever it may be. 
um, just this like more general sense of, uh, of, you know, being careful about not just the environment, but I think that's part of it, but like, you know, trying not to be wasteful. I find um, that really, really interesting. Like, from sort of a more modern perspective where we're not terribly pro-war to begin with, that like, yes, you can loot the city, murder all the people. Yes, do that. Take them as slaves. But the trees, you can't hurt the trees. <laughs> right. And it's, it's I, I think that even makes us stronger. And maybe that's the reason why um, the Rambam wants to expand it so much. Right? He doesn't want it to just be about war because it feels super weird to just be about war. Mm. Uh, like, why is it okay to kill the people, <laughs> but not, <laughs> you know, like, why is that even okay? Uh, obviously, assuming, like, the war is a, a reasonable one, but but even so, like, why is it okay to kill kill anyone, any, you know, the extra, any people, but we're worried about the trees? Maybe he's just saying, like, if we care about, like, if the Torah is telling us to care about the trees, like, in this circumstance, surely we should care about them always kind of thing. He doesn't say that straight out, but maybe that's what's going on. There's also the idea, I think, that, like, wanted destruction is, like, really, really bad. Like, in the Gemara, um, the Shavis, like, about Kilkul, that it's, like, the path to Avodah Zara. Right. That's how bad it is. So, yeah. So, it's, I was, so, Rambam is practical, and that got into the spiritual side. And I saw that, like, more spiritual side also on the Sefer Achinach, um, mm-hmm. who, basically by Parsha goes through all the different mitzvah uh, that that happened there. And he says, it's really interesting. It's, it, I'm just reading the fail time English, but it is in order to train our spirits to love what is good and beneficial and to cling to it. Uh, they will not, the righteous will not destroy even a mustard seed in the world. And they are distressed at the ruination and spoilage that they see. And if they are able to do any rescuing, they will save anything from destruction with all their power. I think that's where it's going at is like the idea that it's like going towards Avodah Zarah, like this, just not caring about things. Like the Torah wants us to care about what's around us and about taking care of the world. And if you're willing to just destroy trees wantingly, uh, then you're maybe you're on that path towards, towards Avodah Zarah. Maybe um, it's also like yeah. um, the idea that you, um, you know, you can't hurt anything because you might come to hurt people and it like instills bad values in you. It makes you right. much more willing to accept that kind of thing. Right. And I think specifically that I, the, the text kind of says that almost, um, cause it's in, uh, still 19, 2019, but, uh, sorry for it is a tree of the, f- one second. Um, ki adam lavo for it is the tree of the field man that it should be besieged of thee. Um, and the Midrash kind of takes it and takes it to say, like what you're saying is like, there's some connection uh, between how you deal with things and how you deal with people. Um, I, it reminds me now of the, uh, you know, the Uncle Moishi song. Did you grow <laughs> up on Uncle Moishi? Yeah. Yeah, like the um, saying, um, I'm sorry if you like bump into the couch. I don't think um, I, I forget know that one. Song, I forget which song this is. Oh my gosh. Um, I just started introducing Uncle Moishi to my, my two-year-old <laughs> son. Um, but like there's this, there's one song about like, about saying I'm sorry to things when you bump into them. And I think, Aww. and he talks, like the song talks about like instilling that value, um, which is really cute, obviously. Um, yeah, there's, there's, yeah. 
there's also like a Marvel Speed Us Machine song um, where Hippopotamus sings about how hard it is when people insult it. Um, <laughs> I think it's just a common sort of like, I don't know, Jewish kids music thing. Right. It's what, a really what, good thing to I have, have, I think. Right. What's that from? What's it, what's? It's a Marvelous Speed Us Machine song, and it, it involves the oh, line, okay. I'm a hippopotamus from my top to my bottomus. It's very <laughs> weird. That's um, awesome. Uh, yeah, but I imagine, I mean, it's it's interesting because I feel like that's a very, like, kid lesson, um, but I find it interesting that the Sefer Achinoch kind of translates that. Well, Maybe that's just a lesson. for kids. The Sefer Achinoch is for Mertzvah boys, isn't it? What, was it written for Bermitsa? I thought that was for, like, the, like the literary conceit of the book is that it's written by a father for his 13-year-old son, maybe? Whoa. That's I a, might be wrong. First of all, props for that, for, for his son, because that's a <laughs> pretty high level for a 13-year-old. Uh, maybe. I've never heard that before. That's fascinating. I, I guess I could be wrong. I'm, I'm not an expert. I just, I thought that was yeah. I've No, I've never heard that. I mean, it's certainly possible. Um, I'm trying to look in the introduction, but I'm not going to find it right right away. I'm sure. Um, yeah, but I feel like I feel like that lesson, though, even for adults, I feel like that's a that's a powerful lesson. Um, that when we do things, we shouldn't only think about like what it means, but also like what it means for like our own character. You know yeah. what I mean? Right now, I feel like 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 our culture is sort of paradoxically giving us two messages at once and one of them is that you know you're not allowed to do anything more or less because it's bad and it has some sort of like negative consequence in the world and the other is that self-care is like this thing that makes you okay makes it okay to do literally anything and i think those are Hmm. both too extreme and we're supposed to be understand that like you know just wanting to do something doesn't make it okay right um, and that's just true. That's true. And like needing to go somewhere and bumping into something doesn't like mean that you shouldn't like be careful. Right. But here and here it's like, it's also like there is some level of thought, meaning you're allowed to cut down the tree, right? If you need it for something, um, but you're not just allowed to cut it down, right? There's some, there's, it only comes into you as a problem if there's, if you're like actually doing the thing that might be wrong, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I feel like that's in well, the, in between those ideas. It's war to have, to have rules around war to make it mm. slightly less uncivilized, I think. Right. Um, Maybe that's why, according to this opinion, why it's included here, even if it's an expansive, uh, an expansive idea, uh, because they wanted to add in that, that extra idea. Maybe it's also like um, there's not so many circumstances where like an ordinary moral thinker just thinks it's okay to just like waste things. Mm. But be. like right. here, maybe you're already destroying everything else about the city. Maybe you can also destroy the like fruit bearing trees. And the answer right. is no. And that teaches us the oh. broader principle, but like it wouldn't necessarily have been as relevant somewhere else. Right. and But I think you can imagine, I, I would imagine you can, extrapolate like if you're building a house don't just like you know don't go crazy about what you're doing um if you're owning a company like care about the pollution that you're creating you know i feel like you can extrapolate this like very strongly um but it's not even just about actually saving something it's also about like the fact that you care about it is important it's at least for the safe is important inherently yeah 
I like the idea that like the righteous are just supposed to care about the world and want it to be okay. That's I think right. a beautiful lesson. Yeah, for sure. Uh, any, any last thoughts on either of these things? I think I'm good actually. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so thank you super so much for coming on. Thank you for um, having Especially me. on such a busy week. Um, for those um, that are interested in the Summer Beat Midrash or um, anything else you're doing, where should they, uh, how should they contact you? Or So the Summer Beat Midrash can be found, uh, the website for the Center for Modern Torah Leadership, and it is terrible, is uh, <laughs> TorahLeadership.org. Uh, Torah spelled mm-hmm. the way you think it is, leadership also spelled the way you think it is, .org. And... Um, there's also a Facebook page where you can meet some of our fellows. Um, the social media intern, who is um, my friend and fellow fellow, uh, Steve Gottlieb, has been sort of mm-hmm. posting a lot of like meet the fellow things. You can get an idea of who we are and what the program is like. So, yeah. Right. Awesome. Um, so thanks for coming on. And for those listening, uh, pay attention for next for the next episodes of In the Pacha.